sometimes those voices try to tell me I'm forgotten and I've fallen too far from his hands. But I know what kind of God he is and I'm trusting in his promises. I'm believing and I'm singing, yes, he Good morning. Well, y'all, y'all are awake this morning. I'm glad to hear that. So good to see y'all this morning, and so glad that y'all could be here in this place that we could gather and worship the Lord together. Uh, today, if you're visiting with us, we're honored to have you here, and we would encourage you before you run out to please stop by our guest table located in the vestibule. We'd love to give, get a gift bag in your hand. We'd also encourage you to fill out a guest card that's back there, or you can fill out the care card that's in your bulletin. And we would also love to meet you and uh, see any questions that you may have, answer those questions and see how we could serve you better. But we're just honored to have you here with us today. And one announcement just to, to remind you of, on October the 23rd, we'll be doing Class 101, just a new members class. It is required for membership here. And if you have not yet signed up for that, there's a couple ways you can fill out the care card that's in your bulletin. Just tear that out. And you can place it in one of the offering plates at the doors or hand it to myself or Mark. Um, or you can go online and you can fill out the form there. But it doesn't mean you have to join the church, but we, we would encourage you to take the class. So maybe some point down the road you feel like God's led you here to East Taylorsville. Um, you've already taken the class and it wouldn't be a problem to join. So just a reminder of that, October 23rd, that's coming up soon. And also, as we go into these welcome times, we're probably going to shake hands a little bit less. We're getting into fall. We're getting into... Uh, kind of flu season and there is a lot of sickness that's still going around the county but um, as we get ready to worship I'm going to ask you to stand and as you stand I want to read a passage of scripture it really goes along with the song that the choir just sang in Psalm 107 
we read an encounter where it, it talks about and reminds us of what God's people went through and how God responded through their distress, through their dangers, even through judgment, and then what God does when he turns to them. And it repeats this several times, this phrase, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Then it says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Has God been good to you? Think about that. Has God ever been good to you? You're sitting in a congregation this morning. You were able to walk in this morning. God's been good to you this morning. He woke you up. That means he's not done with you yet. He still has a plan for you and he is working that out. But if God has been good to you, it says, let us give thanks to him and let us praise him in the assembly of the people. And that is why we're here today, to worship him and give him the praise that he is due. So I hope that you'll sing today from a heart that is saying, God, you've been good to me and I want to thank you today. Let's worship.
Good morning. I want to share with you from Romans 8. God's word is my, my strength, and I hope it's yours. Romans 8, verse 27 and 28. Now he who searched the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercessions for the saints. God's praying for you this morning. Would you come this morning and let him pray for you? Would you just cast all your care upon him for he cares for you? He wants you to do that this morning. He wants to intercede on your behalf because he knows your heart. He knows what you're going through. And he wants to meet you this morning. So the invitations this morning for you to come, you can pray where you're at or you can come to the altar and ask the Lord to help you. But you know what? There's great strength and comfort in knowing that God himself is interceding on my behalf and your behalf. So he wants to do that this morning. And he says, I'm praying for you, interceding for the saints according to the will of God. He's praying for God's will to be done in your life. He's praying for his will to be done in you. Isn't that comforting this morning? This morning I had a, a, a phone call, a, a friend of mine, Johnny Starnes. Johnny's been to this church for a long time. He's been a shut-in for many years. Johnny's going to be having cancer. Uh, he has cancer, I'm sorry. He's having surgery, cancer surgery this coming Tuesday. And I want you to come and, and pray for Johnny this morning. His daughter called and said he's going to be going through this surgery at, at Catawba. And, he, and she asked that we pray for him. So would you pray for Johnny this morning? You, there may be some Johnnies in your life, people in your life that are going through that as well. I want to invite you to come this morning and join me in prayer. Would you come? There's nothing like your love. It's everlasting. And Father, we want to thank you that you love us, that you commended your love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And Father, we want you to pray for us. Sometimes we can't pray for ourselves. And Lord, we cast ourselves on you and all our cares. And we pray that you would pray for us as your people, that you'd intercede, ever intercede on our behalf. And, Father, for those that we are praying for and those that decisions that we make in life. And, Father, we just cast our care on you this morning. And you're praying for your will to be done in and through our lives. And we're so grateful for that this morning. We're encouraged when we read your word. And your word tells us that you're, you never leave us, you never forsake us, and you live within us. And you made a place in heaven for us. And you've forgiven us of our sin. Father, we praise you for that this morning. We thank you that you're a God who cares and loves us. Father, I pray for Johnny this morning. He's facing surgery Tuesday. I pray for him. I pray to give him peace and comfort and strength. And Father, I pray you bless this church, East Tolliver. I pray you bless everyone here. I pray you bless their homes, their families, their children and grandchildren. 
and even great-grandchildren and children to come. Lord, that they might come to know you and, Father, to be saved and born again and to walk with you all the days of their life. And, Father, we thank you for loving us this morning. Thank you for your presence, that you're a very present help in a time of need and trouble. And, God, you're with us through the good, and we want to thank you for that. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Sharon and choir, that was great. Uh, I'm so glad that God leads us every step of, of our life. It will su surrender to that. You know, uh, Todd Payne has been no stranger to our pulpit. He's been here several years, every year. He's been serving with uh, Hope Givers International for 25 years. He and his family, they go into India, and they're there for, what, a month or two months at a time, and they serve there. He's been in every state but two in India, and he's served there. They've planted 49 churches. How many orphans? How many orphan homes have you started? and they're reaching out to orphans all the time and, and trying to do that. That's true faith, true religion, according to Scripture. Todd, I want you to come this morning and share what God has laid on your heart. Would you make him welcome this morning, please? Thank you, preacher. I love you. Amen. Amen. If you have a copy of God's Word, let me invite you to the book of Jonah. If you don't know where that is, there's a concordance in your front. <laughs> if you'll, uh, if uh, they said you don't have the scripture thing that uh, they put up on the uh, board, so you'll have to use your own Bible today, or just I'll be your kindergarten teacher and you can just listen to the story. How's that? Um, if you can go ahead and get the pictures up while they're turning there, I will go through them quickly. And I want to say thank you, East Taylorsville, for your blessings and your your prayers over the years. It's been an honor for us to serve along with you. In India, I appreciate your faithfulness unto the Lord in helping us with the things we do with the children. Um, just this past year, we was able to go back in the month of, of July. We was there for the month of July, and uh, I'm grateful for that because of the COVID season. It was a tough, it's been a tough two and a half years, but I'm glad God is faithful. Amen? Amen. The rest of you, if you don't believe God's faithful, evidently, y'all can join in by the end of the message. Amen? All right, but anyway, it's, it's good to be with you today and honored. I want to share the pictures really quick first. Uh, this is one of our homes uh, up in the northeast of, of Mayroot. Sister, if you'll go through them, I told you, Miss. Is that Melissa up there? I can't see like I used to could. Are you still up there? Okay. Yes, ma'am. All right. This is another one of our groups in, in, the, in the south. You can see they're praying for their everyday needs as far as their, their clothes goes, their food goes, so... They actually pray for what they need, and God actually answers because that still works. Somebody say amen. 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 This is them celebrating uh, Republic Day in the month of August. If you'll go to the next one, Miss Melissa. Um, at any rate, this is our girls up in the north near Burma. We was talking about your son was at Nagaland, very near to this area. Um, this is another smaller children's home we've started. There are only eight kids there, but... That's them holding up their memory verse, and the next one is another group of ours holding up a memory verse. So uh, they do learn scripture in the homes, and I'm thankful for that. By, by God's grace, we've been able to teach them God's word. And of the percentage of the kids that live in our homes, nearly 90% of the children are born-again Christians because they made that choice themselves. They wasn't converted by man. They was converted by God and his word. And by the way, that's how you must be born again anyway. If your pastor saved you, you're still lost. Go on and preach, preacher. But anyway, that is a dedication for our 49th church I was telling you about this year. If you'll go to the next picture, you can see after we inaugurated it. They said, should we wait? They called me in May. said, should we wait until you come to uh, go in the church sanctuary? And we said, absolutely not. Cut the ribbon and go in. And that's the tent outside where they had their love feast. And it's like, let me put that in Alexander County terms. That's their potluck area, okay? They had their potluck dinner out there underneath the tent and they went into the church for the first time 
So uh, it was a blessing to dedicate that this year. 49 churches. And when I say we've started 49 churches, I'm not talking about this group of Baptists got mad and moved to that Baptist church. Go on and preach, preacher. Say amen. Say amen. amen. Because you know I'm right. That's where churches are started and stopped in the United States. Well, we got angry, so we thought we'd just go over here and start our own little thing. That's not what I'm talking about when I say 49 churches. I'm talking about a group of people who had never heard the gospel before, and now they have a place to worship. 80 to anywhere, some of our churches are 200 members, and 49 of them over 25 years. I say to God, be all the glory, great things he has done. Uh, this year, amen, amen. This year we was able to go back, and uh, as I told you, in July, and this is my father-in-law being baptized. That is a uh, $5,000 fine and 10-year imprisonment if I'm caught doing that. So next time you step in the baptismal tank, be thankful, amen? Nobody's watching you yet, yet, and I did say yet. But there's a day coming when there's going to be a calling out of true Christians, and I don't know how long you've played it, if you've played it, today would be a good day to start being a real one, but I'm grateful that you're here today, and you can hear God's word. He has given you, uh, he has given you another opportunity to do so. The last picture is another one of our ministers baptizing in, uh, in the river out in the wild, and I'm grateful for that. Again, East Taylorsville, I am thankful for your prayers. We love you. If you have any questions, feel free. I know I go through stuff fast when I'm here, as fast as I can. But I only get to see you once a year, so I try to give you as much as I can on the day that I'm with you. So if you found your place, has everybody found Jonah? If you haven't, uh, uh, look harder or listen along. Would you stand with me this morning to reverence the reading of God's Word? The book of Jonah, chapter number 1, I'll read verse 15, and we'll look around that for the time that we're together today. But my text comes from here, from Jonah 1. It said, so... They took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. You may be seated this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, have your way. Lord, hide me behind the cross for these moments that I'm in front of this congregation of people. I pray, God, there are a lot of things, Lord, in my own strength that I can do, but preaching's not one of them. So, Father, I pray, God, that you would Use this time, anoint this time. Holy Spirit of God, would you take over this congregation and this people and speak to us through this word. I'm thankful that your word is still alive, it's still living, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I'm thankful that we can join together under it this morning and we can enjoy it. Thank you for your many blessings of life. Lord, thank you for this day you've given to us. Help us, Lord, to get rid of the Jonah in our life. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. I want to preach for a few minutes today about getting rid of your Jonah. And I say that to say this, there's a lot of people who, who still have a Jonah, if you will, in their life because their boats are rocking. Um, there is nothing like the Word of God. Somebody say amen. amen. The rest of you that don't believe that, if you would let God's Word be real to you, there is nothing like the Word of God. It is where I start my day. It's better than building a foundation, it, it's more important than the tiles that I lay, the, the children that I minister to. God's word, if I don't start my day right, it goes wrong from there on. And I still go to churches every Sunday, Pastor Mark, because people at churches, I hope you're here today because you believe God's word, but if you don't, 
I hope before you leave today that you will believe God's Word and what it says. And I, I'm excited every time that we get to open this book because it's amazing what can happen whenever we open God's Word and settle around Him in prayer. It says in the Bible that thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The Bible still changes lives. It still changes life for people. And, uh, you, you know, it, it's a blessing just to have the Bible. But uh, you sung some songs this morning I was looking at. The Bible uh, says this in this story of Jonah, a similarity to the song you sang, He Leadeth Me. And I like that song. Thank you, sister, for singing that. Always good to hear you sing, and thank you for choosing that. The Lord did that, not on mistake this morning. But he does. He leadeth me and wants to lead us, but you've got to let him lead you. Amen. If you don't let him lead you, then he can call you all he wants. He can give you direction all he wishes. But until you let him lead you, nothing's going to change. Listen, this is pretty profound. Did you know that East Taylorsville would double in number next week if each of you brought somebody? I know that's deep, right? I thought of that all the way at Stony Point this morning. That's right. It would double in number if everyone would just bring somebody. And uh, the problem is today, preacher, pastor, believers, we have stopped leaning on Jesus and trusting in God for our strength because we've become such a powerful nation and a powerful uh, world, a powerful community that we can just do it ourselves. We can get by on our own. And that's the mindset of Jonah. I, I want to go through this story today in chapter 1, but I tell you, I always enjoy coming and worshiping East Taylorsville. I love you. I appreciate you. I want to say thank you uh, before we conclude today. Thank you a thousand times over. I like worshiping here. I like worshiping at black churches. Amen? That's some fun stuff right there. Go on and preach, preacher. They play the organ while you preach. I mean, you can say anything, and that organ is going to play, preach. I love it. You'd be like, uh, he helped Joshua fight the battle of Jericho. That thing will go, burn up. Then uh, he helped David get out the lion's den, burn up. It's fun. You can even say he helped Gilligan get off the island. They'll still burn up. They'll play along with you, amen. But I'm glad we still have a God who helps us. He's Taylorsville. He helped Jonah when his life was falling apart, when he was headed the wrong way. One of my favorite verses in the book of Jonah is Jonah 3 and 1. It says, the second time the Lord came to Jonah. And by the way, I'm glad he's a God of second chances today. All of you ought to say amen on that. Because I know he's gave you a second, a third, a fourth, a ninth, a hundredth. Aren't you glad for the second times that God gave each of us in our life? I'm preaching this morning, get rid of your Jonah. Our lives get soiled with our thoughts. We get sour. Our ways get tilted, if you will. And uh, time and time again, there is God to rescue us from us. Did you know your worst enemy is you? Amen. But instead of leaving Jonah in the midst of the sea by himself, this story I want to look at from a, just a different point of view. I know you know the story of a fish that comes and swallows Jonah, but, but I'm thankful today that, that in chapter 1 we find uh, Jonah being called into the ministry and by the way, if you're a child of God, you all have a calling in some way, shape, or form. And we find a man who is called by God to do something, and he does just the opposite. I can tell you, Jonah was Baptist. Amen. So let's look together 
for just a minute at chapter 1 of Jonah and the lives that are around him in this boat that brings us to the verse that I read this morning where they take up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceases her raging. The reason that this horrible thing is happening, the reason that this storm has come in the mariners' lives and all of those who are aboard the ship, the reason for this terrible storm is one reason and one reason only. Jonah is still on board the boat. So I'm preaching, get rid of your Jonah. And until you get Jonah off the boat, it ain't going to get any better. Can I use ain't up here, okay? Is, is that all right? I, I know I'm from Stony Point. Y'all follow along with me, okay? Uh, it ain't going to get any better until you get Jonah off board. And I can tell you, we've come to church today. You all look beautiful. You, you, you've, brought, you've brought your smiles. You've come. You, some of you are clapping and singing. Some of you may have said amen and lifted your hand. And uh, Man, we, we teach. We, we, we preach. Sometimes at church we eat. Some of you even sleep, amen. I tell you, it's, it's just all kinds of things you can do at God's house. But you did. You brought yourself. You brought your Bible. You brought your suit. You brought your... Your iPhones, you brought your, uh, your friends. Some of, I told her I brought my coloring book. You brought your coloring books. But you know what else you brought to church? You brought your Jonah. You brought your Jonah. You brought, you brought your bad thoughts. You brought your bad music. You brought, brought your bad week. You brought your pornography. You brought your depression. You brought your, uh, you brought your, your, your addictions. You brought all kinds of alcoholism. You brought your profanity with you. You brought your fornication with you. You brought things that don't belong on the boat. I'm preaching, get Jonah off your boat today. Because until you do, it's not going to stop rocking. It never will. And you may come and lift your hand at service and say, Amen, carry the right Bible. Look nice this morning. Uh, you may even take notes today. You might shake hands and smile one with another and go home assuming that since I came to church and since I did the right thing, Preacher, everything's going to be better. My week's going to get better. Things are going to get okay in my life. Well, I'm here to tell you today, it's not going to get better. It's not going to stop rocking just because you wear a suit and come to church on Sunday. It's only going to stop rocking. It's only going to stop raging once you get Jonah off your boat. Go on and preach. Amen. God is looking for people who will get rid of their Jonah and there ain't nothing going to be right in your life until you throw Jonah off your boat. My challenge to you today is to get rid of him. And I don't have to name all the Jonas in your life. The Holy Spirit's done starting to give that to you yourself free of charge. Amen. You know what's wrong. You know why it's wrong. You know, you know all the things about it. And he's, he's doing his job. So, so, so Jonah, I'm telling you, don't, don't rush away if he's speaking to you this morning. Get off the boat. And uh, I pray, you know, people have, we have altar athletes in some churches, Pastor Mark. They, they're athletes. They come to the altar every Sunday and they pray about everything except Jonah. That's right. They pray about everybody else's problems, but they don't pray about the own Jonah that they've got that's causing the rocking, the raging, the storming in their life. But the reason your life ain't right is because someone is on board who does not belong there. That's the reason for the rocking and the raging. It's not because you got a bad mom and a bad daddy. It's not because your preacher is too hard on you. It's not because you don't have enough youth activities at church. The reason your life ain't right 
is because Jonah is still on board your boat. Is somebody following along what I'm saying today? And don't expect your preacher to come throw Jonah off. Your preachers can't come and throw your Jonah off. Pastor Kevin can't get Jonah off your uh, boat. Your parents can't beat the Jonah out of you. Uh, you've got to come to Jonah yourself and get Jonah off your boat. Amen. And am I making sense so far this morning? As people say, preacher, why do I need to get him off my boat? Why? Uh, why is it the, the reason? Well, there's a few reasons in Scripture today, and I want to use our time together. I think, man, y'all start at 1030. Y'all give us plenty of time to preach. Amen. Thank y'all. And I, I know y'all, Lord, that worries me. I've only got four chapters. Ain't you glad I picked a minor prophet? Amen. I'm just kidding. The first reason you ought to get Jonah off your boat is this. Is there's a problematic essence of Jonah. I don't know if you've read that. If you'll flip back to the first. I'll only go in chapter 1 today. How's that? Chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, uh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. Uh, so he paid a fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. There's a problematic essence of Jonah, the way Jonah is living. Jonah is headed the wrong way. He's been given the right way to go, yet Jonah goes the wrong way. Jonah's got issues. Jonah's got problems. Jonah is in the midst of nothing short of rebellion, inexcusable rebellion. Jonah said, go to where? Thank God there's two people listening. Jonah said, uh, was told to, 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 go, to, to go to Nineveh, and Jonah went to where? Thank you for the rest. Ten of y'all heard that, okay. He went to Tarshish. I guess the Tarshish Titans was playing the Joppa Jaguars, and the Joppa Jaguars was his team, so he needed to take a trip that Sunday just to get away that's that's not what the Bible said it said that Jonah made a choice he made a choice to rise up and to flee from the presence of God so that's a problem right there in itself he's headed the wrong way with nothing short of rebellion and rebellion is this I know what God said but I do exactly the opposite there are people in God's house today that think their life is going to get better living however they want to doing exactly the opposite of what you call the good book, the word of God says, live however you want and not expect your boat to rock. It's not going to happen, Captain. You've got to get rid of your Jonah. I've heard preaching against it, but I still do it. My parents was against it. I'm still doing it. My conscience tells me it's wrong. I'm still doing it. The Holy Ghost convicts me about it. I'm still doing it. I'm not talking about stumbling in your sin and making a mistake in your life and saying an oops or having a bad thought that slips into your mind no I'm talking about outright rebellion it's in the church today people are living how they want and expecting God to bless don't happen you got to get rid of your Jonah your pastor teaches you truth you ignore it the Bible says in verse 3 he's there on the ship he's not only going the wrong way he picks up a wrong residency he gets on the ship he purposely boards the wrong boat going to Joppa are going for, from Joppa to Tarshish. He's boarded, he's headed toward Tarshish and not Nineveh where God has called him. And that's not where God wants Jonah residing. I wonder how many people sitting in this sanctuary today is somewhere in your life you don't belong. 
Because until you get it right, your boat's going to keep rocking. The storms are going to keep raging. You're in a relationship you don't belong in. You're with people you ought not be with. You're going places you should not be going. But you go anyway expecting God to bless you in the midst of it. You've got to get rid of Jonah, I'm telling you. There was the wrong way it shows rebellion. There's a wrong, there's a wrong boat it shows the residency. There's a wrong urgency in this text in verse 5. The Bible says that Jonah's asleep. The wrong urgency is he is too relaxed. And sin makes us relaxed. You see, sin begins and, and, and you move toward it. And once you start drawing closer to sin and moving towards sin, it, continu it continues with you moving in. You take residency in it. And once you actually get in the boat, it eventually ends up where you're relaxed in it. And you can even sleep in church in your sin. Go on and preach, preacher. I believe I will because that's exactly where Jonah is. And that's why your storm's rocking your boat too. You've got to get rid of your Jonah. You know, it's interesting. There was a day and age where cursing used to bother us. What's your quota today to turn the movie off? Seven? Fifteen? Ninety-nine? Where does it stop at? Are you aware that God's word still says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth? Are you aware of that? Boy, I... I knew it would be quiet today, and that's all right. This is a tough one for me, Pastor Mark. But I'm telling you what, I've had to get rid of Jonah's in my life that I didn't want to let go of, but it's always done me better. It's always been smoother sailing once I let go of my Jonah. James says uh, that you can put bits in a horse's mouth, and, and, and you can turn a ship with a, with a small rudder, but no man can tame the tongue. There was a day, I hope you remember, when a bad joke bothered you, when a cuss word made you flinch but not today nothing seems to bother us there was a problematic essence of Jonah and there's a problematic essence in the church today too number two let me say this get rid of your Jonah not only because of the bad vibes and bad essence that he brings you ought to get rid of your Jonah because of the powerful effects that are on Jonah you can find that in verse number four but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea <laughs> pray for me preacher Kevin Everything's going wrong in my life. Pray for me. The devil's always whooping me. Pray for me. My friends are always bothering me. Pray for me, preacher. The demons of hell seem like they never stop coming against me. <laughs> the problem is it might not be the demons. It might just be God himself. I read that right in verse 4. It said, God, the Lord, sent out a great wind. And if God be your problem, God help you. Because you ain't going to get no answer. You ain't going to get no relief. You ain't going to get no nothing in your life as far as a calm and a peace goes until you get the Jonah off your boat. There was a powerful effect on Jonah. Listen, you can keep dwelling in evil thoughts if you want to, but expect chaos in your life. You cannot keep living an unpure life and claim to be a Christian. You cannot keep living and practicing immorality and be a born-again child of God and expect your boat to sail smoothly. It don't happen. You can't have a holy God living inside of you who demands sanctification. You can't have a living word living in you. You cannot attend a church that teaches Bible soundly to you and expect God not to be the source of your misery and suffering. Go on and preach, preacher. Some of y'all going to be mad at God by the end of it. That's all right. Be mad at yourself. It's you who caused the storm, Jonah. Amen. 
Verse 4, God sent it. The Bible says the boat was breaking. The Christian life is more uh, than just about obedience. You've got to actually live it. You've actually got to do what it says. And I, I, wish, I wish I could tell you, brother, that once we get saved, that it's all harps and music and cloud nines and sitting on cotton and they're playing their hearts and they're going to bring out their holy pom-poms and cheer for you and say, go, Christian, go. Don't give up, believer. Don't give up. Stay in the fight. But that's not what happens because this world don't march to the same beat of our Heavenly Father. I say this, our world is reinventing marriage. Our world is throwing out what is moral. Our world is changing laws. They approve what is contrary to the Word of God in Washington. And even though Washington approves it, I say this, you ought to stand with God. Amen. What are you saying, preacher? Well, if they approve abortion, you ought to keep putting a thumbs down toward it because the Bible still says in Psalm 139, 13 to 17, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It still says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 1 and 3, before I formed thee in your mother's womb, I knew thee. Aren't you glad God knew you before you were spotted on a sonogram, before uh, you was known to be a boy or a girl yet? By the way, you're one of the two, amen? Before you was anybody to anybody, before they had a name list for you, before you was an online register, and they could pick up your gift from Target or Walmart or wherever they registered at before they painted your room or picked out your stroller or made the crib and picked out the crib you was going to lay it in. Before your mama downloaded GerberFood.com to see what to feed you and how to feed you before the Gerber food comes. Before your unmasked skeletal form, God wrote your DNA code. Each and every one of you. He still loves his people. He's still got a purpose, and it's still murder, no matter what anybody says. Evolution ain't ever going to make sense to me. Say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, if a tadpole turned into a monkey, who made the tadpole? <laughs> if a tadpole came out of the water, preacher, who made the water? Amen. The only one to ask what happened at creation is the one who was there. The only one I know that was there said, in the beginning, God made. You ought to ask the one who breathed into Adam's nostrils for the first time if you want to know which way to go. People say, what about the Big Bang Theory, preacher? I tell you, God said it, and bang, there it was. Amen? That's about as far as I can take it. They, they ain't ever going to make sense of us, and we ought never make sense of them. Amen? And when we try to be them instead of teaching them how to be us, that's when the boat starts rocking. Amen? Don't be like the world be different from it. You can blame mama, blame daddy, blame Christianity, blame, blame your youth pastor, blame rules and standards, blame laws, but nobody tell you to get on the boat, Jonah, but yourself. They didn't nobody tell you to board the boat. You knew better to board the boat, but you boarded it. You went down to Joppa uh, when you know that the Lord said go to Nineveh. You said yes when God said no. You messed up with him for her when mom and dad already gave you a warning. You, you went to that church that preached what you wanted to hear instead of what you should have been listening to the word of. You knew God's word. You knew his manual. Uh, you, just, you just don't, uh, it just doesn't happen overnight. I'm telling you, church, we got to get rid of the Jonas on our boat. Amen. Thirdly, let me say this about this Jonah and getting rid of him. There is the point pointless efforts that are around Jonah. Verse number 5, the mariners were afraid. They cried every man unto his God and 
cast forth the wares. I want to say the mariners were afraid. That is misaligned fear. And, and I say this, I, I'm always eerie about going out deep sea fishing. I love to do it. I like to eat, uh, I like to eat uh, fish. I like to catch big fish. But there's fish out there big enough to eat me too. I don't know if you've ever been seasick or not, but I've tur- I look like Hulk and I ain't green, amen? I turn shades of green. I didn't know human body could turn green. But anyway, there you have it. I, I get scared at sea because there's somebody bigger than us that made it out there, amen? Let me say this. The most miserable people in the world today are not lost people. It is Christian people who know what they should be doing and living outside of the will of God. My, my. You can enjoy all the rides at Carowinds, get the dream house you've wanted, park your dream car, but until you get rid of your Jonah, there's always going to be an underlying fear. Their fear was under there, even though it shouldn't have been, but these sailors had an underlying fear, and nothing is ever going to seem right to you until you get right with your maker. Never. It's not going to happen. You've got to get yourself right with the Lord. They had a misaligned fear. They had a misplaced faith. If you look in verse 5, it says they prayed unto their own God. I wish I had time, but India has 365 million different gods. That's a lot. That's enough for a million every day of the year, amen? That's a bunch of worship, brother. I get confused remembering who half of them are, but what I want to take from that, they, they did say that they every man unto his own God. It's interesting how in the times of trouble we run to all the wrong people in life, ain't it? Instead of going to God, instead of going to the answer, we run to other gods. I'm not saying that, that, that there's not some good things out there to he- help. I, people try to solve it with therapy. I'm not against therapy. Uh, people try to solve it with psych- psychiatrists. I'm not against psychiatrists. Although I am against if they think they can solve it without putting God in the equation. Go on and preach, preacher. You cannot do this walk of life. You cannot get to the next level. You cannot get where God wants you to go as long as Jonah's still on board. You may be here today and you're depressed. I don't take that lightly. You may be considering suicide. There are suicidal people even in this county as well. Uh, You may be headed down the wrong way and without meeting your doctor and without meeting your therapist or psychiatrist, I can tell you this, if they have told you that they can help you outside of God, they are telling you a lie that was hatched in hell. You need God to get through whatever you're going through, not a man. The only way you'll get through it, this storm that you're facing, is to get the Jonah off your boat. You think you'll be better if you change from a boy to a girl? It ain't going to happen. You think life will be better if if you change your hair color or change your size? You think life's going to get better if you try another religion? You think it'll be better if you start praying to Mecca? Nothing takes away fear but perfect love. And the only person I know that the Bible says is love in 1 John 4, 8. The Bible says it plainly. God is. Yes. Yes. There's like 50 of y'all that knew that. God is love. That's right. They had a mistaken fear. They had a misaligned faith. They had a mistaken frenzy of verse 5. If you see it there, it says they cast forth their wares. Let me say this today, if, you have, if, 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 if you've got a problem today, don't get rid of the good stuff. That's what wares means. They were throwing cargo overboard. I love ribs. That is my favorite food in the world. I could eat my weight in it. Amen. Anybody else love ribs in East Taylorville? 
thank God for y'all. Y'all are brothers in Christ. The rest of y'all enjoy wherever you're going. But anyhow, uh, amen. Ribs are good. I love them. Favorite food in the world. But just suppose that ribs was in the freezer in Jonah's boat. Instead of throwing Jonah off the boat, instead of getting rid of Jonah, they was down in the deep freezer, Brother Mark, getting those racks of ribs, bringing them to the side of the boat. And I would have, had Todd been in Jonah one, that would have been a different story, amen. He would have said the white fellow from Stony Point took a stick and beat at them back to the freezer with the ribs, amen. <laughs> That's what I would have said. I love ribs. Say, so what are you saying, preacher? Some of y'all got Jonah on board, and you'll throw your relationship away with your parent before you'll throw Jonah off. Some of you have got Jonah on board, and instead of throwing Jonah overboard, you'll throw your church away. Go on and preach, preacher. I believe I will. You say, preacher, I've got Jonah on board, and you'll keep Jonah on board and throw your purity away for it. You know it's still right to be a virgin? Thank you. You're supposed to say that. That's what God's word says. Amen. It's good. Give a thumbs up to what's right. Instead of stop getting Jonah, you'll throw your Christian friends overboard. You'll avoid revival. Ignore phone calls. You'll unfriend your godly friends. You'd rather get rid of them than to get rid of Jonah, right? I'm talking about getting rid of your Jonah. Jonah will throw you to throw off all the good stuff in your life and keep him. Some, somebody here may need to call mom and dad and say sorry today after church and say, you was right and I was wrong. I should have got rid of my Jonah. I'm saying today, getting rid of good stuff will never substitute for getting rid of your Jonah. Number four, and I, I'm almost finished. Can I have ten more minutes? Is anybody angry? If, you, if you're angry, the altars are open. You can come and repent right now, okay? Amen. Amen. Verse, verse number 6, it says, I'm going to go through these last verses really quick, okay? Verse 6, the shipmaster said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? There's a direct confrontation. The shipmaster comes to him. I'm looking at the personal essentials that are found in this story in verse 6. Here he is. He's saying, I need to deal with you, O sleeper. And by the way, I told <laughs> Mark this this morning I said you know what I find it all the time that saints sleep in service they are asleep every Sunday morning it doesn't matter how hard you preach how good you preach how it doesn't matter people's going to go to sleep you say what are you saying I'm saying this if Sealy Posturepedic could get a hold of whatever they put in them church pews they would increase a million fold <laughs> what's your sleep number pew number 12 East Taylorsville Baptist Church <laughs> <laughs> preach on preacher that's right he's asleep under board he has come so comfortable in his sin he's come so comfortable in his rebellion that now uh, it's below the surface he's put it out of sight where nobody can see it and our smartphones bless our hearts they have dumbed ourselves they have put us behind locked doors and caused us to do things they know something's wrong on board I ain't got time to to, to deal with it all but there's a detailed consideration in verse 7 instead of having God's word these people are pulling straws if you look there in your Bible it's about middle of the verse first part of it says come let us cast lots that's the way they figured out what was wrong and what was going on they needed to figure that out but I'm glad today we don't have to pull straws 
You've got a Bible in your hand that tells you what is right and what is wrong. You don't have to guess about it. You don't have to figure out what the problem is. I'm telling you as clearly as I can tell you today, the reason you have a storm is because Jonah is still on board. Jonah represents sin, and until you get it off, it's going to keep rocking. Amen. It ain't going to stop. Verse number 7, there was a discerning comprehension in verse number 7. The last part of the verse, it says, the lot fell upon Jonah. It's a no-brainer. It's Jonah. Jonah's the problem. He's exceedingly, the Bible says after that, there's a definite conviction. All the mariners in verses 8 to 10, they were exceedingly afraid when they found out that Jonah was supposed to be going uh, to Nineveh, and now he's headed uh, to Tarshish. They were exceedingly afraid of God because, they, man, they were convicted. I'm asking today, where's the convicted people in God's house anymore? Where's the convicted people? There's still a greatness about people who gather around God's word and reverence it in such a way that they'll listen to it. I'm glad to have friends who will confront me about sin if they see me leading the wrong way. Even though you don't want to hear them tell you you're wrong, you need them to tell you you're wrong. Amen. I'm not talking about pharisaical friends and those who've got a Betty Baptist better than you stick her on her car and say, I don't, I'm not talking about those friends who say carnality and living however you want. I'll tell you today, we still, do you know that we still serve a God who said, be ye holy for I am holy. There's a contemplation in verse 11 and 12. What shall we do with thee? They found out that Jonah's a problem. What shall we do with thee? Verse 13, can, can I read the first part of that verse? It says, Nevertheless, the men rode hard. The men rode hard. Jonah's told them, I'm the problem. I'm what's wrong. I'm the source of your problem. What did they do? They rode hard. How hard will you fight to keep your Jonah? How hard will you fight? <laughs> I'm your problem, Jonah says. I'm a preacher. I should be going to Nineveh. I've sinned. I've disobeyed. I'm on the Tarsus route with you. I've rebelled. I'm the cause of the storm. I'm the cause of your boat breaking. Just throw me off the ship, Jonah says to him. No, nah, man, it's cool. We'll just row a little harder. Preach on, preacher. You came to church last week and you left with Jonah. You rode hard all week long. How hard will you row this week? I ain't going to get rid of porn. I'll just up my concealed game. Row, row. I ain't going to quit clicking on it. I'll just learn how to better delete it. Ouch, preacher. Row, row. I ain't going to break up with him or her. I'll just convert them after we get married. Row, row. I wrote a new nursery rhyme last week. Y'all ready for it? Here it goes. Nursery rhyme from Stony Point. Row, row, row your boat gently into hell. If you leave Jonah on your boat, that's exactly where you'll dwell. Preach on, preacher. God is looking for people who will get the Jonas off their boat. Because if you will, he'll help you through life to be what you should be for his glory. The Bible says... They took him up. Do you see that in verse 15? That's what I read to you. So they took up Jonah and they cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased her raging. 
The sea ceased to raging. Each tale is well, I can tell you this today. If you will deal with your Jonah, there is still a possibility in a world that seems to have no peace, you can have peace. Amen. It is a fruit of the Spirit of God. The Bible I want to share lastly as we conclude today, this peaceful ending in verse 15 and 16. There is a result that came. There was a peaceful ending. The Bible said there it ceased from her raging. That represents peace. How many of y'all like Target? Y'all are scared to like Target. Okay. Target's just a souped-up Walmart. Don't say you don't. Oh, they got different policies at Target. You got to know where you stand. Amen. You go to Applebee's. They serve liquor there. So anyway, y'all follow what I'm saying. Some people just like Target better. Amen. They got, they got selection. I, I go to Walmart. I don't like to go to neither one of them, especially with my wife. Amen. Y'all, man, y'all supposed to help me out there. Y'all are wimps. Say amen. Amen, brother. We went back to school shopping, didn't we, Grace? Me and her together visited three stores in four hours. We couldn't find composition notebooks. That evening after I dropped the boys at an event they had, I visited six stores in 45 minutes. Amen, preacher. I am in and out. I know what I want. I know exactly which aisle it's on. I know why I'm going. My wife can go in there for one thing. We'll come out with $700. Amen. We needed bread. I've shopped a lot of places, I've shopped a lot of countries, and nothing I've ever found offers the peace of God. You cannot find it in Amazon, you cannot find it on a shelf, you won't find it online, offline, you will not find it in the politician that you vote for. You will only find it whenever you get Joan off of your boat. I've preached long enough, Pastor Mark, in the 30 plus years of ministry, and watched enough people throw Joan off their boat, and every single time, Peace steps in every time. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As our musicians come this morning with a song of invitation, the Bible says in verse 16, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. What do you mean, preacher? Well, you see, we've got programs in churches, and we're trying to teach our kids right. And the thing is, we're like, I don't know if you grew up in a small-town church like I did. I grew up in a small-town church. You didn't do right. Man, my dad's arm was like 17 foot long. He could reach down the whole pew. Bam! I've, got, I've had concussions from my father's smack in the Baptist church. And I just, you just wake you up. I, we had church patrollers. Learn more Bible verses. Pull your pants up. Button your, <coughs> I can't breathe. Button your button. And that's what we've done. We have programized Christianity so much. And we wonder why our kids and when our kids get out of church, why do they go away from God's house? I'll answer it for you this morning. It's because during their time at the church, while you was trying to raise them right, no one ever dealt with Jonah. And until you get Jonah off your boat, let me tell you, if you get Jonah off your boat, you'll dress right. You'll live right. You'll do right. You know why? Because Jonah's exactly what's the problem with it. I'm preaching this morning, get rid of your Jonah. If you would do that today, I promise you, as you leave God's house, you'll leave with a sea that is seats from her raging. They offered sacrifices unto the Lord. 
Preacher, don't talk about tithing. If I talk about tithing, I ain't even started talking about your money yet. That's God. Did you know that? The Bible said the tithes is the Lord's. Then they made vows, a commitment. Brother, sister, please take this note today if you don't take anything else with you. God will never use you like he wants to until you throw your Jonah off the boat. But if you'll bring to the edge of the altar, to the edge, and you'll take him. The mariners, the mariners didn't want to do it. That, oh, let's just row harder. Don't row harder next week. Get him off. Just, just get him off. Take him. You know what he is? What it is that's causing your storm to rage? <laughs> He's got a whale of a plan for you. Pun intended. Here's another one. If you see the boat rocking, that's God knocking. I know your mind just went, oh, Lord. Yep. They need to go, oh, Lord, once in a while. And realize that he's still in control of all the problems in your life. All the goodness. All the mercy. He thumbs up. Thumbs down. You want, the, you want the smooth sailing, the peace of God today? I, I'm offering it to you. The Lord's offering it to you through his word. Get Jonah off your boat. Would you stand with me, heads bowed and eyes closed? Your pastor's here. That's what's on my heart, pastor. Yeah. Would you mind the Lord this morning? Would you let God have his part in this invitation time? If you need a help, let me tell you, there's some mariners up here who will help you get Jonah off your boat. There's some, some big dudes on this ship. If you need help, I'll pray with you. We've got friends here. I hope there's some folks that's right with the Lord who will, who will pray with you and, and help you get Jonah off your boat. But if it's been a while since you've seen the blessing of God, the storm seems to never stop, I'd sure ask myself this morning, what's below deck? Father, in Jesus' name, seal your word to our hearts. In power, Lord, I pray that you would help your saints to live for you, head the right way, and get Jonah off their boat. Thank you for the wonderful time we've had together at the, at the congregation of East Taylorville Baptist Church. But Lord, it's all in vain. <laughs> they came with Jonah, and they just go back with him. It's all vain. It's all vain. Father, I pray, have your way in these moments to get Jonah off of our boat. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Bev, if you continue to play. That sermon addresses, there's two people here. For those of you who know you're not where you need to be, and you know you got junk, 
in your life. We all have it somewhere. If you'll just allow God to search you, Scripture says our response, God's provision for that is if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That confession is not just saying magic words, thinking God's going to just magically clean me. That is saying, God, I see it like you see it. I agree with you, God. I am wrong. What I've been justifying is sin. It offends you. You've grieved the Holy Spirit. For those of you who are there, God's provision is to finally agree with him. Say, God, you've got to cleanse me. I have been wrong, and I've got to walk right. But for those of you who do not know him, God's provision for you is the cross. It's not just confessing, yeah, I'm a sinner. It is trusting in the Savior. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. That is your greatest need if you don't know him as Lord and Savior. So today, I hope that you walk out of here just saying, God, I did what I needed to do. You can walk out of here with a clear conscience, free and cleansed, knowing that he is your Lord and Savior and that you're walking in his will. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads as I close this in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the convicting power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that guilt and that conviction can be one of the most beneficial things in our life if we will just listen. Because, God, you desire what is good for us. Lord, help us to open our eyes where there's been deception and acceptance and justification of things that we think are okay. Lord, draw us to yourself. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us to truly confess it and see it as you do so that we can walk with you closer and, Lord, be a light in this dark world. And for those who do not know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that your spirit would bring conviction and help them understand their greatest need is to trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. So, Lord, we give you all the praise and glory for what you've done in this place. And, Lord, what you're going to do as we walk out these doors, we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yep. Before we leave, just want to uh, thank Todd for being here again. And Todd is not one of our missionaries that's in our regular budget. Each year, what we give Todd is usually a part of this day, and we support this ministry faithfully. Um, so today, as you leave, we're going to have the men at the door. If you're not prepared to give, we do have that option online. You can pull the drop-down menu for that designation, and you can give online, and we'll get all those funds to Hope Givers International. But I hope that you'll support that ministry as the Lord leads you. Tonight we'll be on a regular schedule with our classes with Awana. So I hope to see you tonight at 5 o'clock. You're dismissed. Todd's going to be available up here at the front if you'd like to see him.